we won a national championship for for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi, uh, we did it. And, uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. What is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to the regional recap episode of the 11.7 podcast. And boy, did we have ourselves a weekend. Four days, close to 44 hours, probably more than 44 hours. Um, yeah, I mean, roughly about 50 hours of coverage from starting from Friday at noon, noon Eastern, all the way until, well, they're still playing games right now. Stanford and Texas A&M are about halfway through with their game, but it Top was a grind. Top of the fourth, one-to-one. It was, uh, but all in all, from start to finish, thank you, Squeeze Play. Thank you, Mike Rooney. Thank you, Chris Burt. That was what I lived off of for four days straight, and they did a fantastic job. It makes me want it throughout the whole season on, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I know it would lose – you know, it's luster there if, if that was a case. But it's it's definitely something I look forward to more than Christmas every year now. And it was it was just a fantastic regional. So what we're going to do, our layout of the show today, we're going to start with our Patreon questions that were sent in from our Patreon fans. And they, they wrote us some really good questions today. Probably similar questions to what you have right now listening to us. And then after that, we'll go through each and every regional. And talk about our thoughts, talk about big moments, talk about teams that stood out and teams that maybe were duds. And at the end, we're going to make our super regional picks. We'll probably be finished with Stanford, Texas A&M by that time. So we'll know who Texas is playing. And we'll talk about Southern Miss like hosting over Tennessee or Tennessee hosting over Southern Miss. We'll talk about all that. So it's going to be a good episode. It's brought to you by... Wait, hold on. Let me give our, our sponsors a shout out. Uh... <laughs> It's brought to you by Yakker Tech and Baseball Cloud, uh, who did our mid-major power rankings all year, and they've been sending us awesome data 
And the data that they've been sending us, I'm going to be using a lot for my MLB draft coverage there, which we still haven't launched yet. I think it's ready to go, but we kind of got caught up with the postseason baseball. And uh, so shout out to Yakker Tech and Baseball Cloud. And of course, Circus Sportsbook, where I will be going to Las Vegas the first weekend of the College World Series up there um, and with our two winners uh, from our weekend series Pick'em and our Survivor Contest. And anybody else who wants to go, we'll be there. It's the nicest sports book in Vegas, and they're going to treat us like kings. It's going to be awesome. So if you have nothing to do that weekend, maybe you're an Arkansas fan and you already had a trip booked to Omaha, just make that trip over to Vegas. It'll be a good time. So with all that said, Dimitri, I'll let you have the floor now. Get us started here. Oh, well, hey, thanks for giving me the floor, man. Um, hello, everybody. Uh well, I just wanted to say when you were bringing up, we're going to make our super regional picks. I don't think anyone gives a shit about my super regional pick because I got four regional right. I mean, I had fun with it. I tried to, you know, take some long shots, some reaches, but man, four is really bad. After the weekend pick them season that I had, four is disappointing. Um, but anyway. It so is you went four out of 16. Well, you could go five out of 16 if Stanford wins. Which is terrible. 50% should be the bar. 50%. Right. But I want to recap our, our regional picks real fast because I had them pulled up. Pull it up. I know that I had set, I got seven correct. And if Stanford wins, I will go 50%. So we both started out with Wake Forest and Florida. Check, check. We already got half of your picks right. <laughs> you went Arkansas. I went TCU. That's three to two, me. We both picked Clemson. Tennessee won that one. We both picked LSU. That was a cakewalk. We both got it there. You picked Vanderbilt. I picked Oregon. So check mark me. And then you picked Virginia, and I picked East Carolina. Check mark you. We both picked Stanford. Well, that's still up in the air. And then the right side of the bracket, I had Alabama. You had Boston College. That's one for me. I had South Carolina. You had Campbell. That's one for me. The next one, I had Wright State, you had North Carolina, and that was actually Indiana State. Um, I still think Wright State is like Wright State should have won that regional. They had a lead North on Carolina, Indiana State. North Carolina could easily have won that regional too. So that was a great regional. Yeah, that was from top to bottom, one of my favorites to watch. Awesome atmosphere there in in Terre Haute. Now the sad thing is, even though Indiana State won the regional and they're a one seed and TCU is a two seed. The Super Regional will be hosted at TCU, not at Indiana State, because uh, in Terre Haute, there's not a ton of hotel rooms, and they already have a huge Special Olympics. Um, I believe it's like the Special Olympics are there. 51st year. Host, they, their 51st um, year hosting mm -hmm. the Special Olympics in Terre Haute. Which is Terre awesome, Haute. and and that's something that the community always volunteers for and works the events and it just logistically, you couldn't make it work. Similar to what Kentucky had to go through. Now, Lexington's much bigger than Terre Haute. So there were options around Lexington as far as hotel rooms and just available people to work. But yeah, I mean, I tip my cap to Indiana State. They just said, hey, listen, we can't do it. We're not placing a bid. And, you know, our guys are going to have a good time down in Fort Worth. Um, I want to give a shout out to the Lupton Drinking Club, the LDC boys, because they're diehard T uh, TCU fans. They go to every game and they're just big about promoting the sport. Well, what they're doing is 
they're promoting and we've retweeted it. So if you just go to our Twitter account, you'll see it, but they're promoting a um, donation tab for the special Olympics to show. So the TCU community can show their appreciation for them hosting the super regional and, you know, all that money will go towards the special Olympic athletes and, and administrators and all of that. So if you're, if you're wanting to donate, it would be fantastic. I think it's a good message to send um, because the college baseball community is such a tight, like knit group where everybody supports everybody. If there's a, a cool event going on or if there's a tragedy or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, college baseball fans always step up. So anyways, that's a long winded answer for, I picked Wright State, you picked North Carolina, both duds there. I picked Southern Miss and you picked Auburn. You went 0-2 and, and I ended up going through the loser's bracket and winning it all. So another one for me. For Lexington, we both picked West Virginia and then in Stillwater, I picked Dallas Baptist, you picked Washington. We got our four seed in the tournament or in the Super Regionals for the first time since 2021. Only the eighth time since 1999 that a four seed has won a regional, and that is the Oral Roberts Golden Eagles. Uh, and I will give you credit, Dimitri. You did say Oral Roberts was your favorite four seed on the graphic here. So you got a half a point there. I'll give you that. <laughs> half yeah. a point. Thanks for the consolation prize. Yeah. And then Conway, I don't know how we, neither one of us picked Duke. They were the favorite going into the regional I picked UNCW, who got smacked game one and game two. We'll see ya. And then shout out to Ryder. Ryder beat Coastal Carolina game one. And then Coastal Carolina went all the way back through the loser's bracket and lost in the winner-take-all game against Duke. Duke smacked him. Just whooped him. And then last regional, Coral Gables. I had Louisiana. You had Miami. And Texas dominated that regional. Just postseason baseball, Texas Longhorns, recently have just been fantastic let me say i knew this was i knew that coral gables regional was going to happen the way it happened i picked miami because you know i was like oh they're pitching so much better they look so great in the ac tournament but i told you i knew they weren't there was no way they were going to win they just can't win in the postseason they haven't done it head coach maybe needs to be changed well that's something for another debate but yeah Congrats to Texas. That was that was a terrible showing by Miami. I mean, not to not even take it to a game seven on Monday. It's kind of embarrassing. The sad thing is, Yo-Yo Morales is the hottest hitter in the world, and we're, we we don't get to watch him hit anymore. He hit eight homers in eight games going back to the ACC tournament, and was just hitting moon balls, just straight up in the air, apex at three hundred feet. And then it would just land behind the fence. A incredible hitter. I think he improved his draft stock quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that was our regional pick projections. And I, I did pretty good. You did really bad. So it makes up for the weekend series pick'em competition where I got smoked. And you did really good. All right, enough of that. Enough talking about ourselves. Let's go ahead and do our Patreon questions. We have... Probably about 10 of them. And we'll make them quick because we want to get to these regionals and then super regional talk. First one comes from Ben Zamarin. Who has earned the title of America's team and who are the villains? The title I like the, is pretty simple. It's the Golden Eagle from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I agree with that. I think that in any other year, 
Oral Roberts would be America's team. I'm starting to think people are rallying behind this Indiana State team. And I think that Indiana State is a great option. And, you know, there's there's a lot of like fun teams to watch that are made it to super regionals, right? Like Southern Miss has a good storyline with Coach Barry retiring at the end of the year and they battle through the losers bracket. That's a cool story. Um, but I think Indiana State, them showing up going three and0 in their own regional that nobody thought they deserved to host other than me. I'm kidding. there was other people too. but um, and the atmosphere that they had there in Terre Haute, the players were fun. they, they had a couple comeback wins. And I think that that would be a team that if they made it to Omaha would be the, the fan favorite there over Oral Roberts. And so, but I think you can go, you can't go wrong with either one of those teams. Now the villains, I, I that one's tough for me because you don't think Wake Forest is a villain, even though they're the most talented team. They've had the best year. I, I can't, I can't quite nail them as a villain because they're so likable. All of their players, Brock Wilkin and, and Rhett Louder and Sean Sullivan, those guys, they, they just play ball the right way, and they, they don't let their foot off the gas. They just run real teams. So if I had to pick a villain of the teams remaining in the Super Regional, I think it might be. Yeah. I, is, it, is it Florida? The villain, the villain, it, it's it's got to be. This is tough. I mean, I don't see Florida as if, a villain, but if TCU hosting because TCU is hosting the super regional now, they could become the villain just because they did nothing wrong. They just got in the right place at the right time and got to host the super regional. But you know how it is. Fans mm-hmm. are going to direct their energy toward TCU because Indiana State, quote-unquote, got robbed, which, by the it, way, had nothing to do with the NCAA. Yeah, no, exactly. It could be Tennessee. Like, Tennessee could still hold that villain chip from last year, but I think this team is way less threatening. They're they're probably going to advance from the Super or like from the super Regional based off what we saw this weekend. Yeah, Tennessee's I think. going Omaha. Yeah, Tennessee looks well, really good. I shouldn't have said it like that. Seven Miss fans, they already don't like me, whatever. I feel like like none of the fan bases like me. You know what's cool, though, is we get a good storyline in Alabama who had to fire their coach middle of the year because of gambling allegations. Uh, We get a Texas team that's very likable and a team that had no expectations coming into the year, and they do do it with – This is very likable. I do. I like Texas's team. I think they're very likable. Dude, 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 so many people hate Texas. Well, maybe they will never be a, a, a public favorable team. They will never be a favorable team in the public opinion. All right. I think maybe past teams like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, maybe. I don't know. I wasn't old enough to like grasp that. But I think all of their Super Regional and College World Series teams recently have been very likable. Like since Coach Pierce got there, you yeah, don't really have. Team. It's not the team. It's the school. Nobody likes Texas. I mean, I know that. I grew up in Texas. I know. Yeah, um, like, it's not a team thing. It's just, like, of course, the teams do nothing wrong. They're great players. I mean, the p- players the past five years have been awesome at Texas. They're professional. They're, you know, head down, play the game, whatever. Old school, like, respect, whatever you want to call it. But nobody likes Texas, so they'll never be a favorable team. It's Indiana State and Oral Roberts are America's team. The yeah. villain is going to be Tennessee or TCU. That's just the way it is. In okay. my opinion. Um, your, your opinion can be different. 
All right, it, it is. But anyways, the next question here is from Heath Butler. We're going to save his question because we'll talk about Super Regionals at the end. It just says thoughts on South Carolina versus Florida Super Regional. We'll get to your question there, Heath. Um, next one is from Matt Perkins. Were you surprised or disappointed with teams from the Carolinas? East Carolina, North Carolina, Clemson, Campbell, Coastal, NC State, UNCW, Charlotte. Only South Carolina and Duke made it out. Uh, I know because I feel like half of those teams had to play each other. Yeah, I'm not surprised either, really, because only 16 teams get to make it to the next round. And like I just read off those teams. Other than Clemson and Coastal... I, you can call it a surprise, but we knew Tennessee was going to be a major threat, and they got right. they got shafted by having Tennessee in that regional. I think if you would have like said, pick two teams from the Carolinas to go to the Super Regionals because there's only going to be two teams, I probably would have said Clemson and South Carolina, but Duke would have been right behind them because I thought they matched up really well with, with Coastal. So maybe not surprised and disappointed. I don't know if you can be disappointed because there's – 64 teams, and then they cut it to 16. So a lot have to go. Think of it this way. Duke, Coastal, and UNC Wilmington, only one can make it out of that group. Yep. NC State, Campbell, South Carolina, only one team could make it out of that one. Mm-hmm. And then if you – Clemson and Charlotte, only team, one team could make it out of that one. It ended up being zero, but only one anyway would have made it. And then yeah. East Carolina got, was got, ran into a buzzsaw in Virginia. So it wasn't like – I mean, essentially, at the end of the day, your max number would have been, what, three? Yeah, probably maybe three. Four, maybe four. Yeah. So two is really not a, not a surprise at all to me. Mm-hmm. All right, next question is from Josh Hill. Why did the baseball gods hate East Carolina? What did we do to them? Uh, dude, you, your time will come. East Carolina will get to Omaha. I thought it was going to be this year. I It'll be a year that – so one of two things for East Carolina to get to Omaha. One, they'll either have like the best team, similar to like a Wake Forest, and you're like, oh, my God, this East Carolina team's the best team in the nation. Or it'll be a year where you're a three seed or maybe a four seed and have no hopes, and you just end up winning the right games and, and going to Omaha. But it'll happen. I mean, Literally, if East Carolina was in Auburn – I mean, give credit to Penn. They single-handedly wrecked that whole regional by beating Auburn game one. Mm-hmm. But it takes a regional like that, or even in Stillwater, where, I mean, once again, Oral Roberts beat Oklahoma State to create chaos in that regional. But East Carolina needs to – they are either going to be need to be really good or have all their chips fall, where they are they just have a freaking a cakewalk into Super. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of, I mean, what other regional this year where a team just got gifted straight into a super? I mean, Oral Roberts earned it because they beat, they smacked everybody in that regional. I'm trying to think. Um, Virginia was just, they were unstoppable. What, at home. No, no, but like what, what, what team advanced that got gifted because the four seed wrecked the one seed and they played them in the, um, like you could say it maybe about well, there's only a couple regionals where a four seed won. Ryder, maybe, but Ryder didn't really wreck that regional. I think Duke was the favorite going into it, Vegas lines wise. Well, well, I could say, I you could say if Coastal wins game one and that changes game, everything, 
it does change their pitching because their depth wasn't good on the mound. So that could have no. been. That, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on that question. We got a few more we need to get no, to. Go ahead. So Noah Beenick said, uh, is Texas back? Uh, I don't think they've left. They've been to Omaha like three of the last four years. Who? Is Texas back? And I mean, there's I mean, a weekend. They were in Omaha last year. What do you mean back? They have well, to win a national championship. <laughs> they have to, uh, the, the standard has been raised. They have to win a national championship to be back. Because they were in Omaha last year. That's a good point. They need to win a national championship. Uh, next one's from Dan Solar. Entering the Super Regionals, who would you bet to win it all? I have tickets on South Carolina and Virginia. Would have liked Florida out, out of there, but I'm feeling very good about the Cavs. Also really like how TCU is playing, but their odds like sky, likely skyrocket now that Oregon, Indiana State, and Oral Roberts remain on their side. Yeah, um, if I had to bet on a team to win it all, like not looking at Vegas odds, you got to like Wake Forest. They they are just so dominant. And I, I've turned to 180. Earlier this year, I was like, look, they're going to fall off. Dimitri, I think you said it first, how Wake Forest was going to fall off like they always do. They won't compete in ACC play. They'll finish around 500 in ACC play. We, we have to respect the, the Demon Deacons now. I've literally got a huge smile on my face right now because of how wrong that was. But, hey, it is what it is. Wake Forest had an unbelievable year. And now, now, Wake Forest, Alabama can pull in Notre Dame. A team that's hot, I, I, I can see it. I mean – but the the weird thing about the Wake Forest team is nobody talks, but nobody cares about them. Like almost like nobody's really talking. They're just like, oh, Wake Forest, yeah, they're number one. They're cool. That's cool. Tennessee, everybody was watching that Tennessee game on the regional two years ago. Everybody was watching Arkansas. I feel like nobody was watching Wake Forest regional. Nobody gave a shit about the Winston Salem regional. Yeah, it was a cakewalk for them. Yeah, right. that's yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, I, I just, I think they have no target on their back, and they're I, they're probably. I mean, I think Alabama is going to scare them a little bit, though. They should. I mean, I, but at the end of the day, I don't think Alabama's talented enough. Like, good story. They're playing good ball. I think Alabama's going to win it. Just for winning them, that's my pick. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's go to the next question here. Noah Beenick again says, "I can think of many other ways to decide who hosts a super regional." then what would be better than the NCAA deciding? You can flip a coin, flip a tee, draw straws, distance from Omaha, make the catchers play bocce against each other with baseballs closest to the pitching mound wins, fastest tall boy shotgun by a player, the entire team's complete compete in a slip and slide flip cup race, fungo golf. Which one is your favorite? Do you have any other ideas? What a question, whoa, Noah. Whoa. Can you can you like either restate that? Because I yeah. got lost. I know. Look, I, I followed it. That's really funny. <laughs> Basically, it was the NCAA way. Uh, the NCAA's way of deciding who hosts a super regional between two seeds that are like both twos or both threes or both fours is basically like a bidding process, and it, it's kind of I don't know misleading in a way. Wait, wait, let me. I I did some research on this today because I was really curious. So. It was originally the way I thought. They treat it the same as when they're selecting regional. All right? That's like the main start. So you look at Tennessee and Southern Mid, you're like, okay, we can't really go that route because both teams are very close in resume. Both teams are very close. So now they're going to look at 
pedigree. They're going to look at stadium. They're going to look at infrastructure. They're going to look at money. They're going to look at tickets. They're going to look at seat brand awareness, TV, all literally everything. When it comes to broadcasting a game and putting on a a, a tournament, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and it's a bid. Yeah, if both teams bid. They're going to do basically. They're going to look at everything: the team's resume, the team's facility, the team ticket, the team's history. Have um, have they hosted a good regional or super regional in the past? Did it go well? Was it smooth? Everything goes into account, and I think both teams are looking good in a lot of areas, but at the end of the day, I think Tennessee's going to get it. So my understanding of the super regional bid or even the regional bid, but let's just focus on supers here is so the NCAA apparently does not profit or like make money off of like the college football bowl games or the, the college football playoff or whatever. Right. Um, so those are all sponsored events that teams go and get invited to and play. When it comes to the NCAA baseball tournament, the NCAA does profit off of it. So the way the, the way the bidding works is for the super regionals, the minimum bid is $35,000 uh, that you have to write a check to the NCAA saying that, hey, me, Virginia, the Virginia Cavaliers, we're going to pay the NCAA $35,000 so that we can host a regional or sorry, a super regional. And like, we're going to make that money back through tickets, through concessions, through merchandise sales, whatever it is, parking. And that's where you make your money back. And then you as the program can profit off of that. If you if you sell $100,000 worth of stuff and the, the bid to host a super regional was $35,000, well, great. Then you made $65,000 worth of revenue. The, uh, or sorry, of profit. Now, what what's going to happen between Southern Miss and Tennessee is they're probably both going to open up bids. The minimum bid's thirty five thousand. I could see it getting up to two hundred thousand, maybe more, because Tennessee wants to not only host a regional because their team's way better at home, but like they want to use it as a way to bring fans to the stadium that maybe not have been to the stadium before. Uh, they want to make money off of merchandise and concessions and parking, all this stuff. But on top of that, they want to use it as a marketing expense to show people their campus on national television and show people their stadium and maybe bring recruits and this and that and same thing. So baseball, you can get donors and you can get um, you know boosters to come and throw big money to host a super regional if you're an even seated team. And you, you can even fall in the red like you don't even have to profit if you lose 35 or if you lose fifty thousand dollars because you bid two hundred thousand and you only made one hundred and fifty thousand well that's just a marketing expense are you sure people can just bid unlimited amount of money i don't think that's accurate that that's the way i read it Uh, listen i could be way wrong and i could be spreading misinformation but yeah basically these teams have to pay the ncaa whatever their bid is and then they try to make that money back through all of the things I talked about earlier. Uh, because the reason why I have a hard time believing that is because, um, I mean, yes, usually when it's two seeds that are the same, they're typically going to have somewhat of a similar resume from a resume standpoint. All right. Then the only difference you can look at, for example, let's say it was Tennessee and Oral, let's just say Oral Roberts with the two seed and Oregon with the two, the two seed. Oral Robert 
is not like Southern Miss. They don't have a big old stadium. They they, they have a nice stadium, by the way. It's just yeah. not well known. Whatever the case may be, in a scenario like that, or Roberts is getting it. I mean, uh, Oregon. So I don't think it's a huge bidding war. I think it's more of just a prestige thing. Well, usually it's not a bidding war, but I, apparently it is. Like in some cases, I think it was maybe twenty. 19, I don't know. There was two teams that submitted super high bids. I think it might have been Texas was one of them to host a super regional against somebody. And they both submitted bids not knowing what each other bid. And I think Texas ended up getting it or it was it was like a big name team. But yeah, I think you can basically send out whatever you can afford. And these big schools are okay losing money as long as like that super regional is on campus uh, because the home field advantage, marketing expenses, all of that. Now, again, look, I could be wrong. I read an article online about it, and it was kind of misleading. Right. And it was confusing, but um, that's it makes sense in my head. I just, I just think, before we move on, I move on, but I just think it's kind of weird. I don't know if I believe that, because if Tennessee just said, fuck it, let's, let's drop a million dollars. Let's get this regional at home. It, that just makes no sense, because it's not even fair to Southern Miss. And I feel like the NCAA is all about quote unquote being fair. The NCAA is not dude, if Tennessee was gonna write the NCAA a million dollar check to host a baseball regional, that's a no brainer. But they're not going to. That's way yeah, of too course, much. but I just feel like that's that's not real. Like there's no way that's a written thing in there. We see it with um, the with the selection committee every year. This is not fair. It's not a fair tournament. They'll put a big name school in well, with a big fan you're base. Missing, you're missing my point. You're missing my point. There's no way the NCAA writes it in the bylaw for a super regional selection between two similar teams, highest bidder, monetary value. There's no way that's a, that's a real thing. It just says that you have to submit a bid at least $35,000. If you can't write the check for $35,000, the NCAA will not give you a bid. Maybe, maybe I'm, I don't know. I just have a hard time believing they can literally, Tennessee goes, all right, 500,000, any takers, any going once, going twice. Southern Miss, 505,000, going once, going to oh, Tennessee. No, it's 000. not that. You submit one bit with like your whole plan and infrastructure of hotels and where media members stay, where they get set up. So it's a silent bid, one bid only. One bid only. That's what it is. Silent. And one school doesn't know what the other school submitted. Exactly. Yep. So basically, you okay? Interesting. And they announce it at ten a.m. on Tuesday, who where it's going. So you like they, tomorrow, yeah, on Tuesday. So they 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 probably already know what each other's bids are, and it's not like public information. But yeah, Damn, I think, dude, that'd be sick if we had a we had a, a yeah. They like open envelopes on air. They're like, all right, Tennessee, two hundred and thirty-five thousand. Southern Miss, one hundred and eighty-five thousand. All right, congratulations, volunteers. All right. Do you? What do you think? I think Tennessee is a hundred ninety-nine percent chance of hosting the Super. Tennessee is putting every dollar that they can afford, and maybe more, to get that regional at home because they play so much better at home than on the road this year. And I know they won a series against South Carolina the last weekend, and then they won this Clemson regional on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to do everything they can to get it in Knoxville, and they probably have more boosters. Now, on the flip side, though, Southern Miss has a ton of boosters as well that really follow baseball. And Southern Miss boosters and donors and anybody that has money is probably like, we will write a blank check to get Scott Berry a super regional at home in his last year. 
I think that's a possibility. I, I want to. I'm going to look more into this after they do the announcement. I'm going to do some digging. It's see if I can find because it's an interesting thing. It really is. I think mm-hmm. it's unfair that it just comes down to money. Yeah. I feel like it's got to come down to facilities, infrastructure, camera angles. Hey, Dimitri, um, history listen. hosting. Listen, not dude. not from a success and failure standpoint, but from a crowd like a crowd control kind of thing. Like, are the, the was it a fun, safe environment? I feel like that's the thing they look for. But anyway, we don't. don't hey, figure it out listen, listen. Hard. Everything in life comes down to money. <laughs> Everything. It's true. It's it, very, very, very true. Now, Southern Miss had a higher attendance this year and had, like killed. I mean, their super regional last year against Ole Miss was insane. So. There, I mean, there's that. But anyways, let's move to the next question and let's talk about the regionals. We're already 30 minutes in. Um, this one, this is, uh, we have two questions left. Sam Devaney, would you rather play in a super, re- oh, sorry. Would you rather play a super regional on the road or at home? I think he said this because of my tweet. I would have, ra- I think I would rather play a super regional on the road if my home field is not, like the super nicest or the best or the best home crowd. You know what I mean? Like if I'm Indiana state, give me, give me a regional at home in Macon, Georgia. I don't care. Well, that's different. That's different. Blow up air bleachers. I don't care. We were sitting there huffing and puffing to blow up. (laughs) I would rather play it on the road. I think just a different experience. And at home super to go to Omaha. But one of the best feelings in the world is like silencing a road, like a home crowd when you're on the road and like ruining their days. Like that, that speaks for itself. So I would rather play on the road and and just business trip. That's all you have to focus on is baseball only. Uh, Last question here from Jim McDonald. Um, Who had the best atmosphere in these regionals? And where do you think the best atmosphere in the super regionals will be? Virginia was number one this past weekend. Electric. I think Tennessee and Southern Miss will be great, especially if it's held at Southern Miss. I think the best regional atmosphere was Virginia. And I I love their new ballpark, how it's super close. Like, there's not a lot of foul territory. They built a second deck, second level, and they have outfield bleachers. That's That checks all the boxes in my my head. I loved Virginia's regional. I think their fans were great. And, uh, you know, East Carolina fans traveled well. So that was probably my favorite. That's a good call on Virginia. Uh, my favorite regional, honestly, man, this is going to sound crazy. But when you watched the game, the Indiana State game, all you heard was, ah, yeah, it's you. Like chanting. Yeah. And you heard, I don't know if it was because of their microphone placements were really well done or what. But that place was loud. That, 100%. Uh, Bob Warren Field was loud. And I played there. We played there in spring break in 20, 2012, 2013, I want to say it was. Yeah, I think we went up there in 2013 to Indiana State. Got our, we got ran into a buzzsaw in Sean Man- in Manea. Oh, yeah. Um, he I was think most nasty. People know that name. Um, big leaguer with Oakland. Where is he now? I don't know. I don't know if he's still in the big leagues. Anyways, he was with Oakland. He was the first round pick. Dude was incredible. But we played it. In, um, we played up there. It is not a pretty. I mean, people might get mad at me for this, but I didn't think it was anything pretty. It was snow on the ground everywhere. There was still salt everywhere. Um, yeah, it wasn't pretty to me. I wasn't like I didn't walk away from Terra How being like that was a cool stadium. They had. T- Normal uh, turf infield grass outfield line didn't match up. It was it was it was gross. But anyway, in Terre Haute, probably one of my top favorites, and I also think 
I think Virginia was really good. But honestly, man, Florida's was Florida's was loud. Florida's was really good. I thought South Carolina's was really good. Their home South fans Carolina turned out. Feels, lately, have been giving me professional vibes. Like kind of not very rowdy like, fans. Like not as rowdy. Like Florida fans, you had dudes standing up with their beer belly coming out halfway under their shirt, coming out of Central Florida. <laughs> um, they ch- like chirping and yelling and it way into it. South Carolina, like I feel, I know they're rowdy. They are rowdy, but they is a more for a professional feel. I found her part. Okay. Um, I forgot. We have three questions here in the Discord. I'm going to run by real quick. First one's from Central Florida Vol. Missouri hiring who they did and now UGA hiring Wes Johnson. What are your thoughts on these new coaches in the SEC? Rank your top three games of the regional weekend. Uh, so, yeah, Missouri hired uh, – sh- uh, who was it? Jack uh, Shedrick Jackson is that his name? Oh, my God. I just forgot. Who? Um, Missouri? Yeah. The guy, the guy from um, – He was at Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. Um, Beezer got fired. Oh, Carrick Jackson. That's who it is. Um, yeah. Carrick Jackson. I think he was a big, I think he's a big member on team USA, uh, summer ball. I think he always coaches there as well. Didn't he coach in Missouri. Yeah. He was assistant at Missouri. Then he went to maybe, maybe straight to Memphis, but maybe a stop between that. I don't know. I know he's highly respected in college baseball and I mean, he's got his hands tied with Mizzou. They, they have a big disadvantage in the SEC compared to the 13 other teams. So he's going to have to do hardcore recruiting, especially on the transfer portal. And I think their facilities are nice and they play like they had a pretty decent team this year and they got injury or in the injury bug. But yeah, Carrick Jackson from Mizzou, I think that's a good hire. And then we were wrong or I was wrong. I gave you misinformation on this Georgia job. Um, I found out yesterday that they were hiring Wes Johnson, LSU pitching coach. And I came on the podcast, I believe last Wednesday and said that there was like a handshake deal with Campbell head coach, Justin Hare. And I I mean, I still believe that was true. And Justin Hare ended up turning it down to go to Campbell. Um, Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. He turned it down or Georgia went a different way? That's that's what Kendall Rogers tweeted was that he, he opted to stay at Campbell. Hold on. He wait. Kendall tweeted this. Yeah. He so that, that, that word for word that Justin Hare opted to stay at Campbell. Yeah, he opted to stay. Not turned it down. I think he said he opted to stay at Campbell. Right. Oh, by the way, um, triple in a ground ball out. Stanford takes the lead two to one. Um, okay. Let me go see this tweet. Um, Anyways, while you're looking that up, I'm gonna I'm gonna read I'm the gonna have it right here. I'm just going through. Well, let me talk. We're just finalizing a deal to make LSU pitching coach Wes Johnson the school's new head coach. Extensive yada yada yada. Johnson was a candidate for this job from the get go, as was Campbell's Justin Hare. Wow, was told over the weekend that Hare had decided to remain at Campbell for the time being. Yeah. So that that must have been a contract thing. He didn't he didn't like the terms of the of the contract. There's no right. way with the money thing. Well, and that way, from what Kendall Rogers tweeted, it tells me that there was a handshake deal in place. Like there was an agreement, and then this weekend, um, he turned it down. He wanted to stay at Campbell, so that's why they probably went with their second choice, Wes Johnson. And what's weird is Wes Johnson letting this become public and accepting the deal in the middle of a 
random in the middle of a regional going to supers and getting ready to go to Omaha. Like that's weird to me. I don't like that. Most coaches are silent, make, make things happen as soon as their season's over. Yeah. And another weird part is like usually, and I don't know if he'll finish the season out as the pitching coach. Like if I'm LSU and now this is another sec school, he's going to uh, a rival of ours, a, a competitor of ours. I don't want him judging the pitching staff or like making pitching moves. You, you see what I'm saying? Like you chose to no, go a different way. He, he's gonna honor his contract. He's well, I know he probably wants to. He wants to say at LSU, but if I'm LSU, if I'm Jay Johnson, I'm saying no. Like you, you chose to leave the program. You're off. We'll figure out the pitching staff now on our own. Because if LSU doesn't win a national championship this year, Wes Johnson doesn't have to answer questions about it. He's gone. He's at Georgia. Like that's gonna be on Jay Johnson's plate, and. If I'm Jay Johnson, like I want my team all on the same page. I want them all on the same boat. I don't want the I don't want Wes Johnson filling out, I mean finishing the year because he's gonna take no blame in it. He's already got a job. Yeah, but at the same time, you don't mess with the mojo. Like he's contractually contractually obligated to finish out his agreement, which is finish this 2023 season. So I get what you're saying, but Wes Johnson is still employed by Louisiana State University. He's still obligated to perform his duty, which is the best he, of his ability. He's not obligated to. Well, for him personally, he needs to. But if I'm LSU. He's not obligated. He's contractually obligated. LSU, he, I'm saying LSU he, needs to cut the contract up and say, you're gone. You have a new job. You accepted it. See ya. I mean... This isn't like there. It, it would be a different it's story. Finalizing. It's finalizing a deal. The deal is not final yet. So, if, I mean, that's fine. That's Go finalize your deal over in Athens, Georgia. Don't you're not going to play. You're not going to coach in the super regional. I, I think that's stupid. You're trying it's to, different. I mean, it's different than that. if Wes Johnson was at Oral Roberts and they're still in the tournament and he accepts a job at Georgia. That's great. Like you're going up a level. Basically, you're going from the Summit League to the SEC. West Johnson, West Johnson's going SEC to SEC. Like those are those are your he competitors. He's head coach. He's still moving up. No, but it doesn't matter. You're recruiting against Jay Johnson now. Okay, well, Jay, if Jay, if that's what Jay Johnson wants to do, that's stupid because his pitching coach has a role on this team. So if Jay Johnson wants to make all the pitching moves and tell Johnson to leave, and then everything blows up in his face, they're going to be like. Jay, the hell are you doing? Like, you have an ego trip? Yeah, like, what? Why are you, why are you making these kind of moves? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, that's the first good point you made. No, that's not the first good. Because it's all good point. No, because Dimitri, if, I, that's stupid. Like, he, Jay Johnson is obligated to finish his job and perform this his is, best ability to being pitching coach at LSU. This is what probably LSU. happened, though. They probably like the moment Georgia was like, "Look, we have a deadline Monday, June 5th. We, are, we have to have a head coach so we can recruit out of the transfer portal and we can keep our signees, like our high school signees, our prospects. And when Justin Hare turned the job down and opted to stay at Campbell, Georgia was probably like, Wes Johnson, this job is yours if you want it. We need a decision by Monday. He was clearly, it took less than three days for him to make a decision. And he was probably like, yep, I'm going to go to Georgia. At that point, you're no longer an LSU Tiger. You're a Georgia Bulldog. Get out of my program. Like yeah, I, that's, that's fair, fair. You made a decision. 
Okay. Let Wes Johnson run the pitching staff. That's fine. Go ahead. Good Look, luck. If 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 Nintendo if you're working for Nintendo and then PlayStation or Sony PlayStation offers you to go work over there and you accept a job, go work for them. Don't be all right. All right. Let's, let's, can we talk about regionals now? Yeah, we can talk about regionals. Um, all right, let's start. Which one do you want? Let's start with number one. That's easy. It's simple. Wake Forest, number one seed. Maryland, number two seed. Northeastern, number three seed. And the fighting George Mason Patriots as the four seed. This was a bloodbath. And I, I don't want to spend too much time on the three lower seeds because none of them showed anything. Northeastern, 0-2. Oh, Actually, you know what? I, I will give credit to George Mason, who finished six in the A-10. They won the A-10 tournament. And they did win two ball games in this regional. As a four seed, that's successful. They made it to the regional final. Yeah, that's successful. They they got smacked by Wake Forest game one, and then they came back and beat Northeastern, and then they beat Maryland in, in extra innings, I believe, or bottom of the ninth, they walked them off. That's a successful tournament for George Mason. Um, I was disappointed very much with Northeastern. I thought the CAA was going to be a threat. with Maryland. Yeah, well, Maryland, we knew their struggles. Their pitching was bad, and we knew it. It was bad, but dude, they, they, I mean, in, in the Big Ten tournament, they shut, I mean, dude, they gave up four runs, I mean, uh, four, five runs in one, two, three, four. In four games, the big tournament, they gave up five combined runs. They shut out Iowa, four nothing. Um, I mean, they, they were pitching pretty good. I mean, yeah, we saw them pitching like shit the last three weekends of the Big Ten regular season, but still, just piss-poor performance for Maryland. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all that needs to be said. I mean, Wake Forest, they, dude, they their lineup is so deep, and their pitching staff is so deep. And I don't want to fall for this trap because number one seeds usually don't win it all, but they, they're, they're the best team in the country. They are the best team in the country. Tennessee was the best team in the country as well, so... I'm I'm not going to let that blind me. Yep. And uh, we'll do the super regional opponent here. So they're playing the Alabama Crimson Tide who won their home regional and Alabama they got they got lucky against they got Troy. So freaking lucky, dude. Troy made several errors in that that winners bracket game to get to the regional finals and it, it like they basic I mean they had a routine ground ball to shortstop. Uh, Troy fields it, throw it to first, win the ball game throws it away. Alabama ends up scoring a few few runs and winning. But that would have been the last out. Troy would have advanced to the regional finals and you got to like Troy's chances winning one of the next two. Uh but Boston College ended up being in the regional finals. They beat Troy the next day and then Alabama killed Boston College in the regional finals. So But yeah, I, dude, I mean, one more thing. Nick play changed the whole regional yeah, Nickel State though was really impressed with Nickel State starter uh, Myers. He and we knew going into that regional that he was going to be a problem for Alabama, but he he shut him down. He pitched really well, and I, I was impressed with Nickel State. You got anything yeah. to say off of that? Oh, okay, no, I <laughs> okay. Agree. I I was just watching the Stanford game at that moment. Um, oh, okay. You know, I agree. I agree. But the, the, that one play is the only thing I really take away from this regional. Dude had a candy hop ground ball to short, fielded it, crow hop or did his shuffle and threw it away. I mean, 
I mean, don't, I mean, I've, I've failed in a pressure moment before. We all have as athletes, but this time of the year, you can't crumble under pressure. You've got to make the play if you want to get to the next round, to the yeah. next game, next round, whatever it is. And he choked. It, 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 he, he, the pressure got the best of him on that play. Yeah, but it's not only his fault. Troy made no, no, several, no, several boneheaded plays. That game. Changed the whole game. Like yeah. that single play changed everything. So we we knew he going into this tournament that. that Troy's defense was terrible. They they are very bad, one of the worst in the field, and they did not they, they did not field the ball well. They did not throw the ball well this tournament. No. So, but you know how it is. That single play was the only thing I think of when I think of that regional. Yeah. All right, let's move over to the two overall seed. We have Florida. They hosted Florida A&M as the four seed. Texas Tech three seed, UConn two seed. I, I'll say this. Florida A&M surprised me. They, they played tough. They played tough. They have real talent. And it's I have a very biased opinion of Florida A&M because we played them four times a year when I was at Mercer every year. And those guys always played different baseball they have power they have but they have swing and miss they have power they don't have no power they did this regional i think they hit four homers five homers in this regional pretty big ballpark Florida A&M i know had zero power oh when all about infield dinks and hits and running oh dude when i played when i played them they had i mean they had those guys like two or three in the lineup but they had some big dudes that would swing and miss but when they connected they went far and, uh, yeah, they hit several home runs against us back then. But, anyways, what I'm trying to say is, like, Florida A&M, that first game against Florida was a really close ball game, and they made it, like, really close in the ninth. Uh, I think they had the tying run up to the plate, but there was a boneheaded base run in play. Smart play by Josh Rivera at short to gun the guy out at home instead of throwing it at first, just the way his body was moving. But, anyways, Florida A&M, I thought they showed a lot. Um, even in that elimination game, they were fighting there with UConn. And, uh that's that's good. It's good for the program. Good to build on for next year. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, re- really good uh, performance from them. I said Texas Tech proved that they're always going to be a threat. They're always going to be good. Um, they, I mean, they were in the driver's seat. They were in this regional final. All they needed was one, and Florida was just that much better than them. So, yeah, good regional. Florida advances. All right, and then the next regional here, we have South Carolina uh, as the 15 overall seed. They just dominated. They ran through this regional. It was never even close. Uh, really, the only key points I have from this is Campbell was dead game one, could not hit the ball. They made errors in the field. and But they did, after about the seventh inning of that elimination game against Central Connecticut State, they started hitting the ball, and they put up a like an eight spot in the five, seven, five and five. Oh yeah, ten. five and five, and uh, that kind of propelled them to beat NC State the next day, where they were hitting the ball well and playing like the normal Campbell team that we saw. There was a lot of Campbell slander on the timeline, though. People saying that we we're overhyping this team all year. They play in a bad conference. Well, look, they showed that they're better than NC State game two. Like they were deep. They. Scored a bunch of runs against South Carolina in the regional final, but South Carolina is back to their old ways, man. They're they're swinging they the bat with authority, hammering Dude. everything. I mean, Campbell starter, um, what's his name? Uh, anyway, he's a he's a dude. Like he's a good pitcher. He yeah, has he's a good arm. Got good stuff. 
and South Carolina just murdered him. I mean, they yeah. they, get, they smacked him with eight earned. They got him with eight earned runs, and probably his worst start at the camel in his four, in his three four years there. So South Carolina didn't just play some cupcake. They beat good good teams and good pitching. So now on last episode, I said. There's two teams, or really three teams, that are hot, cold, hot theory right now. And South Carolina was one of them for me. And you said no, because they didn't get hot at the end of the year. Or they didn't get hot they in the conference tournament. But guess what? Neither neither did Ole Miss last year. They, they went one and out in the SEC tournament. Ole Miss wasn't a true hot, cold, hot theory. Kind of were. And into the regular season, they got hot. Yeah, but who, you can say whoever went to national championship is quote unquote hot because they keep winning. Every national champion is going to be quote hot because they're they won all the way through. There's you know a difference, no, but there's a difference between being hot and just being better than your opponent. I wouldn't consider Wake Forest hot right now. I wouldn't consider no, Florida hot. No. But 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 whoever went to national championship is going to be hot. Like their things are gonna they're gonna get lucky breaks, they're gonna get lucky bounces, balls gonna stay fair instead of foul, and they're gonna win game. Like Oklahoma, Oklahoma was hot. Yeah. Like That's... I don't I mean like they didn't win, but they were hot because they ended the year smoking hot, won the Big 12 tournament, and went all the way to the national championship. So that's what I think is hot. And South Carolina isn't really hot. Okay. Well, but, my three but, teams, like, my I'm, three I'm teams that I said, the three teams that I said basically look out for the hot, cold, hot is Virginia, South Carolina, and TCU. And they all won the regional, like pretty, pretty dominantly. Yeah. Okay. Well, Virgi- I mean, Virginia could be a hot, cold, hot theory. They got cold, heated up at the end of the year, and now they're rolling. Like Virginia is more of a hot, cold, hot type team. All right, um, next regional here, we'll do, since we don't have the eight-seed regional yet, we'll save that one for last. We'll go to the nine-seed. Miami Hurricanes, uh, so it's Miami is the one, Texas is the two, Louisiana is the three, and then Maine is the four. Uh, and there was not a team that was going to beat Texas twice. There just wasn't. Nope. Those guys showed up. Game one, Texas was making some of the most crazy defensive plays in the outfield against Louisiana, and it was like, I felt like Louisiana was going to bust it open one of the innings. Like I was like, man, they're hitting the ball hard. They're just hitting it hard to the right people. Texas would make a diving catch in the outfield, and then two batters later, they'd you know make another diving catch in the outfield. It, it felt like Texas got a lot of breaks that game, um, but it was just due to good defense. And after seeing Texas game two against Miami, I was like, look, Miami's done. Like LeBaron yeah, Johnson LeBaron went Johnson. complete – Complete game, game two. Texas's whole pitching staff was rested. I was, uh, I was, I was upset because I knew they were gonna. I'm not upset, but I, I was upset in the fact that like that regional was not interesting to me anymore. It was over. Like, it didn't matter if Miami or Louisiana won the next game. It they weren't beating Texas twice. So that's a uh, that's a good team right there. Texas swept t- uh, West Virginia the last regular season weekend, and then they go zero and two in the Big Twelve tournament. But they bounce right back. So good for them. This Texas team, remember, this Texas team lost Ivan Melendez. They lost Trey Faltin. They lost um, Tanner Witt. No, not Tanner Witt. Um, who's the other starter? 
not Lucas Gordon. It was uh, – I'm telling you, I'm bad with names. We do this every episode. I know not exactly not what he looks Madden like. Guy. He wasn't there last year. No, that was 2019, I think, or 2021. 2021. Ty Madden was there 2021. Last year was Tanner Witt and Tristan Stevens. They lost Stevens. They lost Melendez. They lost um, Baltine. They lost. Aaron Nixon? Is that his name? I don't know. No, Nixon, no, Nixon was the closer. He transferred to Mississippi State. That's right. Um, that's right. Uh, but who was the third baseman, the big old third baseman? I'm bad with names. I know exactly what he looks like. I could emulate his batting stance right now. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, they lost a bunch of dudes and they're back in a super, like nothing happened. Um yeah. so major tip of the cap to David Pierce. That the team doesn't rebuild, they reload. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of the bracket. We have let's do the Coastal Carolina regional and then we'll do Virginia because they're matching up in a super. So Coastal Carolina, they listen, I never thought this coast, I knew they had a really good regular season. I I never thought that they would be a deep regional, I mean a, a deep postseason team unless they swept through it. Like unless they won three games in the regional, like back to back to back. They won the first two super regionals. I, I was just I, I watched a lot of their games this year. And sure, that offense is explosive, but they also had a, quite a few dud games against good arms. And I knew that Coastal at home was going to play great, but this Duke team was just, I think, all around deeper, more talented, bigger names. But that's okay. Like Coastal's year is probably next year if they get a few good arms in the transfer portal. Still a young team. Uh, I think they have a good foundation, but I cannot believe I did not pick Duke to win this regional. I went with UNCW. Hey, here's the thing to think about. Transfer portal guys don't want to come in for one year. Gary Gilmore's last. Yeah. So, Recruiting-wise, up, oh, boom, see ya. Two-run homer, 4-1 Stanford. That lead's not safe. No lead is safe. No lead is safe. What? I said no lead is safe. That's it's not no, a big no, league. No, but Detmer had been shoving. He had AK through six and two thirds. Man, that ball was smoke. But anyways, um, yeah, I think Coastal, if he really hammered the portal for his last year, because recruiting it's hard to sell a kid to come when you're leaving. So and yeah. his guys are his last recruiting, true recruiting class, they're all freshmen, sophomores, gonna be sophomore junior next year. So hammer the portal and coastal can make some damage in his last year. Right. Now, do you see this Duke team as a threat to like maybe win it all? Because when I'm looking at futures odds right now, you, you don't really want to take a team like I'm sure Wake Forest will be plus 125 to win it all now that it's down to 16 teams. But as like I a long know. shot, I, I think Duke will be towards the tail end of long shots. And I, I can see like they have the star power and they have kind of a little storyline with MJ Metz torn ACL just raking hit four homers this weekend, three in one game. Uh, Alex Mooney is really exciting. Like, I could see this team playing well in Omaha if they got there. Like, that field feels like a, a place that they would thrive in. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, they do They do have some good things going for them, but they dominated the regional, wasn't it? I mean, Coastal did force a game seven, but that was all they had left. Yeah. Um, UNCW, another CAA team that went 0-2. The CAA went 0-4. And, and for a while, it looked like next year's CAA with Campbell coming in because Campbell was about to be 0-2. And, 
they were seven innings down five to nothing, I think, to uh, Central Connecticut State. I was like, oh boy, next year CAA, like they have big, they have big expectations. They better do something. But um, yeah, I was, I was disappointed in UNCW. They got smacked twice. But Ryder, that was a team that we talked about on the podcast a little bit as a four seed. That's really athletic. Um, they had big dudes. They had some velo on the mound, and they upset Campbell game one and and like hung in there with Duke game two. Like they could have won that game if if maybe a couple breaks happened for them. So. Really cool to see a team from up in the Northeast that nobody's ever heard of play well. Uh, it'll it'll help them next year a lot. So, but anyways, I know I was just talking about Duke being like an Omaha sleeper to win it all. They have to get through Virginia first, and, and Virginia was—I've never seen a team play more confident than what Virginia did. Like Kyle Teal was seeing beach balls. Jake Geloff was swinging out of his shoes. Uh, like O'Donnell hit a big clutch homer. Like these guys are, they're old, they're salty vets. They've been to Omaha 2021. And like, this feels like a year that nobody's talking about Virginia anymore. And uh, they're, they're freaking talented, really freaking talented. They, they took it to East Carolina, Oklahoma army. The game was 15 to one 30 minutes into the game. It was an army's not bad. That was impressive. What, what Virginia did. Yeah. Are you, t- are you tweeting Absolutely. a video right now? I could see focus. No, no, I'm just, uh, just tweeting something, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I agree. All right. So let's go over to the bottom part of the left bracket, LSU regional. It was affected by rain quite a bit. There was rain delays. The schedule got all messed up. The, uh, I want to apologize to Jay Johnson because, I came out on Twitter and was like, I think it's dumb, a dumb decision to start Paul Skeen's game one against Tulane. I think you save him for game two against Oregon State or or the winner of Oregon State, Sam Houston. Like that gives you the best chance to win a regional. Well, that shows why I'm not a baseball coach because what I think he actually did was he checked the weather and saw that Saturday was going to be a shit show and there was going to be um, like lightning, like probably lightning delays throughout the day. And LSU's game got delayed in the third inning against Oregon State on Saturday, which, you know, took out the starting pitcher, Ty Floyd, and they had to put Thatcher Hurd in in relief after that delay. And I think Jay Johnson was like, let's get nine innings out of Skeens. He threw 126 pitches, complete game, was never close against Tulane. And uh, yeah, I was was immature with my, my comment, wanted to apologize. Yeah, um, LSU, I mean, it, I mean, I think they did it perfectly. Paul Skeen did his job, and they just moved on. They were the better team all weekend, so. Yeah, they were the best team in this regional. Uh, Oregon State, yeah. good season. They had a pretty good offense, but they just couldn't match up with, with, um, with the Tigers. LSU's going to match up with Kentucky in the Super Regionals here. So Kentucky's regional was – it started out exciting. Kentucky Ball State game one at noon on Friday – was I think one to nothing until the eighth inning, and Ball State's pitcher ball like he balled out, <laughs> good pun there. But he he threw really well against this Kentucky lineup, and I thought Ball State was going to win that game like almost all the way through. So, but then Indiana beats West Virginia. West Virginia was dead. Uh, I mean, in a, we, West Virginia. We thought we could catch West Virginia turning their season around. No pressure. That's what we talked about on Thursday. 
but they they fell off the cliff when they landed in Austin. I don't know. Maybe they just never flew to Austin, Texas, because their season ended when yeah. they got on that flight to Austin. That was that was disappointing to see West Virginia there. Uh, I know they won a game against Ball State, but Ball State had no pitching left, and that's a game that West Virginia should win ten times out of ten. Isn't that funny how you say Ball State had no pitching left, and it was only their second game of the weekend? Yeah, it's well, they they regional work. Well, with these mid major teams, with these mid major teams, they got two or three arms, and that's it. That they yep. can really rely on their stuff getting people yep. out. Uh, but you know, credit to Kentucky's crowd. They showed out all weekend. They were fun. They were loud. They were exciting. They all looked the same. They were doing like crowd shots, and I thought they were showing the same person over and over and over again. Great, all, great atmosphere in Kentucky, yeah, for sure. So LSU Kentucky will be a, a fun super regional. We saw them play at LSU probably early March or mid March, and Kentucky got a game. They got a win, but LSU won the series. So rematch there, and then let's just go straight down. Let's knock this bottom left part out. We'll do the Auburn regional, and for a team like Auburn that I I came out publicly and said they should not be hosting a regional, I got some backlash there. Whatever the Auburn faithful were flooding my mentions. Well, oh, they go. They, they were. They weren't even having fun with it. They were being mean and nasty. Yeah, I was trying to have fun with it, and they're being mean. But, anyways, the uh, Auburn Tigers go zero and two, and that's really credit to. It's not like they played bad. I think Penn just John played. Cohen Auburn Tigers. Make sure you get that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wouldn't you agree that that four versus one matchup, Penn just matched tit for tat what Auburn threw at them. Like Penn's bullpen and starting pitching that game was fantastic. Held an really offense, good. held that Auburn offense to three runs in, in extra innings, and Penn came up clutch towards the end of the game and, and stunned the Auburn Tigers. But there was also like a probably a better game than that was the Southern Miss Samford extra inning game uh, right at, right before that. Tanner Hall goes nine innings, one run, 126 pitches, and Southern Miss loses in extras to Samford. Well, Samford threw their best guys right then. Samford was like, listen, we got to win this game. Uh, it's important that we go 2-0 and to even give ourselves a shot to win this regional. And uh, they, dude, Samford was a fun team. I know we both went to Mercer and we're supposed to hate Samford, but I like that team a lot. Like, I think if they stick together, I know probably a few of them are going to go SEC or ACC out of the portal, but I think that they have a, a solid foundation, a solid group of guys that could dominate the SoCon next year. Do you think if Sanford would have found a way to win that game against Penn, they would have won this regional? No, I don't think. I think Penn was the you better think they team. They don't beat Southern Miss twice. No, and I, I do think I think Penn was the better team. I think they was kind of mis misseeded, even though they're about the same, like about even. But anyways, what I was going to get my point, the thing that I have written down here is after Southern Miss lost Game One, the only way that they were going to win this regional was if Penn upset Auburn. That was the only way. Because yeah. if Auburn wins, Auburn's going to beat Samford. They already got their scare out of the way. And they're going to be sitting in the regional final. And Southern Miss was not going to beat Auburn twice. No, no. way. Their only way was for Penn to beat um, Auburn. Auburn. Penn, Penn to beat Auburn and then face in that, that first elimination game. Just your number two versus our number two. Loser goes home. Winner goes on. And that's what the cool thing is with the Southern Miss team. We, we joke about a storyline and a script that Scott Berry is going to make it to Omaha and or win a college world series in his final year. 
just because he's like that type of guy, like he's that type of character. Everybody's rooting for him. Well, the fact that this script played out like almost perfectly for Southern Miss after losing game one is incredible. Like it, it really is a cool storyline there. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. But hey, don't forget Stony Brook. No, not Stony Brook. Who was it that lost their first game and came all the way back? Um, Stony Brook was, blew Miami out. Was it Coastal? Was it Coastal Carolina? Was it Fresno that lost their first game in a regional, came all the way through the loser's bracket? We looked it up the other day. Um, we were just talking about this. But anyway, my biggest takeaway from the Auburn regional, it was fundamentally disgusting. It was the worst regional from a fundamental standpoint. Error and just – it was just – it was bad. It was a lot of bad baseball in that regional. There was, I think, maybe only like six home runs hit that whole regional. There was I mean, no power. Bad, bad baseball. Fundamentally, yeah. base running, fielding, pitching behind every count. It was a lot of bad baseball, but congrats to Southern Miss. Yeah. And the only thing that gives me hope for Southern Miss to beat Tennessee is this storyline that I have made up in my head that Scott Berry's going to Omaha. Because even though they won the regional, they weren't very impressive. Like they have a they have a good yeah, group of guys. They have a good group of guys, and like they're fun to root for. They have competitive at bats, but other than I mean, other than like two or three guys, there's nobody that's going to beat you with a long ball. And we'll see. I mean, maybe they play the weekend of their lives and, and beat Tennessee twice. But Tennessee this weekend, moving to the next regional, that Clemson regional, Tennessee this weekend looked back all the way. And that dude, the most exciting game of the weekend was that Clemson versus Tennessee. Best, by uh, far the best game of the weekend. I dude, I was sweating. I was legitimately sweating on my couch, not moving. I just wasn't breathing for pr- probably an hour straight. I was I was just watching the TV and and like every single pitch felt like it meant the world. And I had nothing invested in that game. I really didn't. Like I just was a fan. And it was it was awesome. It, it Clemson was one strike away. Caden Grice was one strike away from a complete game win, which would have changed that whole regional. Uh, Tennessee hits a go-ahead homer. And, I mean, it was tight from there, like then on out. Like every single moment mattered from then on out. And and Tennessee ended up winning. I think they only used three pitchers. Uh, Chase Burns was fantastic out of the bullpen. He ate up like 100 pitches. and But... Clemson used 10 guys. By the way, he's a huge, huge X factor for that team. I uh-huh. mean, Clemson went, what, 14 innings? They only used three. I mean, uh, Tennessee played a 14 inning game, only used three pitchers. Yep. They went. Um, uh, what's his name? Dolander. Dolander, Burns, and then Halverson. That's it. 14 those are innings. three big league arms. Like, those are three major league pitchers. That is that. I mean, unbelievable. And I mean, this team and Clemson used ten arms in fourteen innings. That home run from Dane um, Zane Denton was unbelievable. Exact, um, very similar to what um, Drew Gilbert did. So maybe the Tennessee's got their mojo back, and if they get a super back in in, Knox, in Knoxville. Yeah, this team could be going to Omaha. There's a, there's a couple other things I want to say about this regional, and we'll move to the last four. I thought Lipscomb game one against Clemson was a very like that was a fun game to watch too. And Lipscomb showed that like they're a solid team, like a solid mid-major team with two really good starting pitchers. Uh Van Shriek threw well, that little sidearm lefty that I Van think was Shriek. yeah, he was a son pitcher of the year. Uh Lipscomb ended up going 0-2, but I think it was a respectable 0-2. Now Charlotte 
they beat Clemson in that Sunday elimination afternoon game. And I knew it was going to happen when I saw that Clemson was not starting like their number three starter. It was almost like they were saving him for that Tennessee why game. Did, why did it matter? They lost three to two. They, they, I don't think. No, they, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. But like, it just felt like you were sending the wrong message to the guy. I don't know to the guys, but Clemson sleptwalked through that game. They were not prepared to play twelve hours later after that extra inning game, and they just let they let Charlotte hang around. And Charlotte's good enough to beat you offensively if if you're not scoring runs yourself. So. Uh, I thought Charlotte. That was a that was a fun team. They had a lot of transfers. I think their starting nine is all transfers, and because uh, they hit that transfer portal hard, just a team to keep an eye out for next year, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Clemson losing that game was a was a major letdown into going to that regional final. I thought Clemson could have forced the game seven for sure against Tennessee. Yep, I agree. All right, we got four regionals left here. We got Vanderbilt regional, which. Vanderbilt didn't even make it to the regional finals. They dominated Eastern Illinois game one, and then Xavier and Oregon played a very good back-and-forth game, game one, and, and Oregon came out on top. And then game three, or sorry, Oregon, like they were beating Vanderbilt all game by a pretty good amount, and then Vandy made it close late, eight to seven uh, in the ninth, and, and Oregon ended up winning. But similar to what Clemson did, like Vanderbilt was just sleepwalking through Xavier the next day, and Xavier got him. Xavier won the game and, and went to the regional finals, and then like Xavier Oregon was close for a little bit, but then Xavier just ran out of pitching, and, and Oregon ended up winning it. So Oregon's won a lot of games in a row. They swept through this regional. They swept through the Pac-12 tournament, and even for a team that's without their two best starting pitchers, because I think they're still both injured, they're winning ball games and and statistically they have the best chance to advance to Omaha because they're playing a four seed and Oral Roberts. But I think Oral Roberts is nasty. Uh, we'll move to the next regional here. That Oklahoma state regional was at, uh, it was Oral Roberts home field. You could just tell those guys were confident playing there. And the most they impressive thing they've been saying it for a month now, they own O'Bray stadium. They own Oklahoma state. Um, yeah, the, I mean they back were... to that Nashville regional. Oh yeah, sorry. <clears throat> going back to the Nashville regional, I mean the fact that I mean Xavier impressed me. Like I know we shit on the Big East a lot. We talk. We we don't think they're that good. UConn last year made noise. They went to a super. They won a regional on the road in at Maryland, and then went to. Stanford gave them everything they had. Uh, mm -hmm. And then in this regional, they they beat a good Vandy. They eliminated, played Oregon really well, beat a good Vandy team, and then ran out of gas. But the biggie, I mean, we're very respectful. I was impressed. Right. No, I'm right there with you. Listen, Xavier, they, uh, they're a much, much different team than what they were the first part of the year where they were – getting swept by Oregon and losing to Michigan and losing to Louisville. Like the, at that time I was, I was mentally set on my opinions on Xavier. They, they, they convinced me next year. I think, I think they will be a really good team in the big East. Uh, yeah. But yeah, let's, let's talk about this Oklahoma state regional. Um, I already kind of prefaced this a lot, but Oral Roberts is not a four seed dude. 
They're like, not a four seed. You, you can't. alone is not a four seed. And and that's a good point of like why like how the RPI is skewed because Oral Roberts can't do anything about their terrible conference that they're in. I guess they could leave the conference, but why leave when you're pretty much guaranteed a berth in the regional every year? Uh, they literally are, they literally have an automatic bid to a regional every year. Yeah, and but you just. A four seed, maybe you're a first-time listener, maybe you're just getting into the game of college baseball. A four seed is equivalent to a 13 through a 16 seed in the NCAA basketball. And it would be like if a 13 or a 16 seed had two NBA players. It, it would be like no, them having... It's like, it's like Georgetown or one of the... Like Gondag or Georgetown or maybe not Gondag, but Georgetown, Villanova, one of those schools being a 13 to 16 seed every year just because they play in a bad conference, for example. Yeah, well, that, that was a terrible... Anybody that knows college basketball just knows you gave a terrible example because the Big East in college basketball is king. It would be more like I'm a... Not, sorry, I'm not the Big East, but like something like that. Like if Davidson was head of Steph Curry every year. Well, if you'd let me finish, I was about to get there. It, it would be like if... Or Oral Roberts, if they were like, just comparing this to basketball, if two of their five starters end up playing in the NBA, you just don't want to see them in a first round matchup. And that's what Oklahoma State got. The, the, the bullpen guys that they had were probably some of the best bullpen guys we saw all tournament. Like we saw starting pitchers with the stuff. Like we see starting pitchers with that kind of stuff. But 92 to 95 from a sidearm angle with run or from the left side looking like Randy Johnson or like the closer had like a 1.2 ERA this year. And and 93, it, 96 to paints. I mean, and, really and it's good just good. rising up and in fastballs to righties. And then he drops in the off speed pitch. Like you don't see four seeds with that kind of bullpen. And then on top of that, their offense is freak athletes, big, strong, physical guys that are fast and they play hard and like with passion. So I, Honestly, and this is my honest opinion, and this was really the first time I, I got to watch a full Oral Roberts game that wasn't a midweek, because midweeks you can toss it up to anything. But the, the first time me watching this Oral Roberts team, I would have ranked them in the top 20 teams in this whole tournament. Just after two games, you you could just yeah. see. Yeah, I, I mean, here I'm salty about this region because I had Washington winning it, and I also had a Washington-Omaha future. Yeah, we were texting when everything Washington was up seven perfectly. to nothing. Everything lined up perfectly. I was like, "Wow, Bandy lost. Uh, Bandy was losing. Washington was eight up eight nothing against Oral Roberts." I was like, "Dude, Washington's going to Omaha. Washington yeah. can make it to Omaha." I mean, two three innings later, my dream was over. It was that fast. Oral Roberts scored fast against Washington. Fast. It was eight I mean, to nothing, and then it was eight to seven within. 20 minutes and, and i was like i was watching that bandy reading all the like, okay if bandy loses washington wins this game they're three wins away from omaha and the team that the beat would be oral robert dbu and oregon oregon who they're bet they were bet they were the better team than oregon most this year so, yeah oh well it sucks but a huge congrats to oral robert really fun team to watch they're going to be super fun to watch um, in Eugene next weekend. You know what? That that regional just, I think it had four two seeds in there. I think all four of those teams were probably two seeds. Oklahoma State, 
that still Oklahoma, water. Yeah, still water. I think Oklahoma State was probably a two seed, but just nobody was able to grab that last or like one of the last hosting spots. I think Dallas Baptist was a two seed. I think Washington was a two seed. Maybe yep. I mean, Washington was probably more towards a three, but uh, Oral Roberts, in my opinion, should have been a two seed. They they're good. Really, it's not a Cinderella story. Like these guys can really play. At worst, at worst, the three seed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to those Oral Roberts guys. We'll be rooting for you. I told everybody there was going to be a four seed. Uh, well, I said in Omaha, but I also said to win a regional. Anyways, uh, let's see. Indiana State Super. I'm oh, sorry, Indiana State Regional. We talked about it a lot, but let's let me let me rewind a little bit. I had Wright State winning this regional, and they were one of the first games to to play on Friday. And Wright State looked big, bigger, stronger, faster than Indiana State, and they had a better pitcher on the mound. Wright State had a pretty decent lead, if I remember, going into the seventh or the eighth, and then Indiana State started getting momentum. And once again, Wright State for the third straight year, or actually maybe the fourth straight year, they blow game one as a four seed in the seventh, eighth, or ninth. They've uh, Someone tweeted it at me. I think it might have been Noah Beanick. But the Wright State Raider gang, the Raiders, every year they get, get out to a big lead in game one, and then it just soils it away. And after that, they were done. But Indiana State really played off that crowd that they had. And once they got momentum, they captured it. I thought the Iowa-North Carolina game one was much better than what the score showed. Iowa kind of pulled ahead late, but then North Carolina threatened and had the winning run on base, and and Iowa shut the door there. But that Iowa bullpen was shaky all weekend. It was so good and so shaky at the same time. Yeah. Um, Really good regional. Honestly, probably the most competitive regional in terms of scores, in terms of every ninth inning being really important. They'll play the most competitive regional. I mean, North Carolina lost two one-run games that they could have won easily. They could have won both. Indiana State and Iowa were great game. I know North Carolina and, and Indiana State never played, but every game was, like, loud and every pitch mattered. So really yeah. fun regional. Indiana State impressed me. And I will eat my word. I thought they had no chance of winning this regional, and they swept it. Yeah, they did. All right, last regional here, Arkansas. Fayetteville Regional, I mean, look, this was – we should have saw it coming. I did see it coming. I picked TCU to win this regional. I did not think TCU was going to do what they did. I, I did not – like I, even in my like wildest predictions that I have, I would have never thought TCU was just going to absolutely run away with this. And – wasn't even close, dude. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I thought Santa Clara held their own against Arkansas in that elimination game. I thought Arizona was like not deserving to be in the tournament. They looked really bad. But like Arkansas, they ran out of pitching. They all those injuries finally caught up to them. And there's just nothing they could do for Trey Richardson. Shout out Kingwood, Texas. Trey Richardson's three homer game, two grand slam game, record tying eleven RBIs in one game for TCU. Five hits. He went like five for six that game. And TCU won twenty to five, uh, whatever it was. But you had one, yeah. But you had the funniest tweet of the weekend when you said uh, when when Arkansas posted the final score, and they took a picture of the guy watering the field and made him wear it. I saw that picture and I was just like, 
what is that guy? Why is this guy their picture? Why did they post it? And then I was like, dude, he doesn't deserve this. Yeah, they're just passing the blame. Like, that wasn't our player's fault. <laughs> and then today, and then today, their final score today with the picture of their on deck circle. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, TCU man, they 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 are hot. I mean, they are. Sizzling. Yeah, it was almost unfair to like how Arkansas. good they were this weekend. Yeah, and it was unfair to Arkansas in a way that you're the number three national seed and you get the Big Twelve tournament champs come into town that are hotter than uh, fire ant on a fire hose. Clemson in uh, Arkansas got screwed. Yeah, I mean they they got two freaking buzz saws coming through town. Hey, looking back, is that did we cover all the regionals or no? Yeah, the only one we have left is Stanford, but that one's still okay. not done yet. So now that we can kind of go back, Arizona got in, right? Yeah. Oklahoma got in. They both looked awful, right? Yep. I promise you right now, Kansas State or Kent State or any of those teams would have played much better baseball this weekend. I promise you that. Right. Now, hindsight's twenty twenty, and Yeah, we but, can... but, but like – is it 2020 though when people looked at their resume and knew they were not a good team and they still got in and they proved that they were not a good team? Yeah, Arizona was disgusting. It was disgusting to watch. They they I hit some. Know, I didn't even watch much of the Fayetteville Regional. They're, they're they're I don't know what I don't know the right word here. I just don't Santa think Clara they're was a good team. Yeah, Santa Clara is a good team, but like Arizona, they. Talented players, sure, but as a team, they just didn't ever mesh. A bunch of individuals may be out there. I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I wish that I wish we would have saw like a UC Irvine and a and a Kansas State. No, we do have one more regional, dude. Which one? Did we do Charlottesville? Yeah, I think so. I don't right? We talked about East Carolina and Virginia. Uh, maybe I just. Skim through it. We'll go back to it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I said, anyway, we have, we talked about a pre-show. Virginia, they ran into a buzzsaw. Virginia was that good. 28-0 against out-of-conference team. Did they win a national championship? Uh, they can lose. They can still lose a game. But imagine them running the table and going, let's see, 28. That would be 30-0 to make it to Omaha. And then how many wins do you need in Omaha? Five? Yeah. So thir- imagine they go 35-0 and win the national title. 35 and 0. What do you mean? Because they're 28 and 0 against non conference opponents right now this year. Well, they're, they're playing Duke in a super regional. Right. So it would still be 28. Okay. So I guess it would be like 33. Yeah. I mean, it, it that doesn't matter. Virginia was the best team in this regional. East Carolina, I got my hopes up. Wait, wait, hold on. You're not. You're just gonna blow that off. That they're 28 million non-conference opponents. Yeah, that's super that's impressive. Yeah, it really is unbelievable. Like, I don't know what else to say. I just know that Virginia is playing probably the most confident baseball out of any team. Just seeing their pitchers on the mound, just dog walking people, and then the hitters up there taking donkey hacks. Like, th- that's a confident team right now. I w- I bet if you ask Virginia, they'd want to start the super regional like today. <laughs> they'd want to play like now. While they're still yeah. swinging the back, yeah. So, um, yeah, that regional was was a good one, but Virginia dominated it. It wasn't really close. What's What's um, the score update on this Texas A and M Stanford game? Five to one, top of the eighth. 
So can we go ahead and assume that Stanford wins this game just for our yep. super regional picks? Yep. Let's do it, and then um, I'll let you know when A&M win. All right. Yeah, we'll do our super regional picks here, and then after that I think we're good to go, right? We don't have any other topics? The only thing I was going to talk about was the Stanford regional that Fullerton – Stan, their only win was. I mean, let me hold on. I mean, let me. Well, I know Texas A&M beat Fullerton pretty bad. Like Fullerton, yeah, I mean, close. They beat of. them pretty bad twice. Uh, yeah, but then Fullerton lost by one to Stanford in that uh, in Game Five to go to advance to the regional final. So if you if if. I mean, I told you this, that Stanford was going to come back and win this regional. It's literally an annual thing. Game seven, late Monday night, Stanford playing in game mm-hmm. seven. I feel like They did the same it. thing to Texas State last year. Exact same thing. But we, we talked about it pre-show. I don't think we were recording at the time, but Stanford's lineup is so deep. So, so, so deep. deep. You have Bowser hitting seventh. And, like, Bowser can swing it, man. I, I think Stanford... I know that they slipped up a few times in the regular season and they weren't really playing serious baseball in the Pac-12 tournament. But as far as pro prospects go, like they have, they have electric stuff out of the bullpen. Braden Montgomery came out, first time he's pitched in a long time and was throwing like 96 with, with run. Um, Quinn Matthews is one of the best starters in the nation. Dude, I'm literally getting ready to make a tweet about him. 113 pitches Friday night. He's thrown three and two thirds tonight, scoreless. Yeah, he's a dude. He's electric. And then they've got Ryan Bruno behind him. Yeah, Bruno's a psycho, a legitimate psycho, psycho. in a good way, in a good way. But like, he's somebody you want on the mound for you. He, oh, dude, he's awesome. He's yeah. absolutely awesome. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, let's make our super regional picks, and then we'll get out of here. Um, so we have Wake Forest versus Bama. So this is going to be at Wake Forest. I, I like the storyline Bama has of getting playing a lot better baseball once their head coach got fired uh, about a month ago. But, I, I mean, I'm not picking against Wake Forest. Like, I think everybody in America will have Wake Forest here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with the public. Give me the Demon Deacons at home. Best starting rotation in the country, best offense in the country. They, they got to win. Uh, maybe maybe they don't sweep. Maybe they don't go two and zero. Maybe they do lose one. But I don't think you're beating this team twice on their home field. Um, I man, this is hard because I can totally see Alabama shocking the world and making Omaha beating, just like Notre Dame last year. But the thing is, I didn't pick Alabama to win their regional because I thought they were going to lose their mojo. They Lost the momentum a little bit, um, but they didn't. But at the same time, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Wake Forest because because they should have never been in that spot to win that regional. Troy had the game won on a routine ground ball, so. All right, he's back. What what was your pick? Wake Forest. Wake Forest. I'll never playing with house money. They don't. They wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that play. Yeah. All right. Next one we have here is like a really interesting matchup: Florida versus South Carolina. It's in Gainesville. I dude, I don't want to bet against this South Carolina team right now. 
I think Florida has been the better team all year and more consistent, but sometimes when you're hot and you see the ball go through the hoop, uh, in this case, like see the ball go over the fence a few times, feels like the whole team gets their mojo back. I'm going to take the Gamecocks to get to Omaha. I think that when they're hot, they're very good team. I think they can go on the road and win this one in Gainesville. Um, South Carolina, Florida. Give me Florida. They look really good. And I think Texas Tech was underseeded, but, you know, their resume, they deserve a three. Yeah. All right. Next one we have here is TCU. <laughs> All right. Dimitri's internet cut out. But we'll finish your thought. What were you going to say? I just said I don't think South Carolina goes five and one against Florida this year. I do. I think South Carolina, like when they're playing good baseball, they're one of the best in the country. Slap that number one next to their name. Have some respect. <laughs> Viral tweet of ours that still gets comments on it. Uh, all right. So back back to what I was saying. We have TCU hosting Indiana State. I, I'm not picking against TCU either. I, I'm sorry, Indiana State. You guys, good season. You just I don't think they've really beaten the team. They haven't beaten anybody other than like Vandy in a midweek is, is probably their best win. So, and I know they played well in the regional. Like, don't give me crap, guys. I get it. Like, they played, uh, they played good. They, they won games late. I, I guess they're going to be the home team game one and, and stuff because TCU is hosting it, but I don't know. I'm, I'm taking TCU either way. I don't know why I'm overthinking this. Give me the Horn Frogs. Um, Yeah, uh, I think um, I really wanted to. I really like the story of Indiana State. If they were at home, I would take Indiana State, but this TCU team is scorched earth right now. Yeah. Um, Trey Richardson is just a piece of that lineup. I mean, you saw what he did this weekend. Yeah, Braden Taylor's hot again. Yeah, Braden Taylor, first round pick. I mean, give me TCU. Yep. The only question for TCU is like, can their starting pitching continue to do what they're doing? Because there were times this year that they were bad. And like TCU did lose a weekend series to UNCW. They lost a weekend series to uh, somebody else earlier in the year. That was not great. Ah, frick, whatever. Anyways, the answer is TCU here. All right, next one we have Tennessee versus Southern Miss. We don't know where it's going to be hosted at. I don't really think it matters. Like I have Southern Miss as my national champion, and like I have a future on Southern Miss to get to Omaha, but Tennessee is playing their best baseball right now. And as much as I love the storyline for Southern Miss, I I saw them play every single out this weekend, and if they play like that, they're not going to beat this Tennessee team. So give me the Vols. Yep, give me Tennessee. I think Southern Miss run comes to an end. Um, but this ten, just like TCU, this team, this Tennessee team, starting to hit their stride. Um, yeah, I mean, the last couple weekends, regular season, they started to really show up, really play well, played well against South Carolina that last weekend. Played decent Hoover, not their best, but then I mean, what they did against Clemson that game, yeah, give me Tennessee. Southern Miss's only shot is if they get to host yeah, the Super Regional. Well, yeah, if they get to host the Super Regional and Tanner Hall throws a gem game two because he probably won't throw game one because he threw today. So that's really their only shot. Like, they have to host the Super Regional. If they don't, 
I don't see them beating Tennessee twice uh, at Lindsey Nelson. All right, next one here. This one's tough. Like Oral Roberts versus Oregon. And like Oregon, they, they're hot. Like they haven't lost in the postseason yet. And Oral Roberts hasn't lost in the postseason yet either. What do you mean? Oral Roberts has won like what have they won like 20? How many games? I think it's streak. I mean, they're on a 21 game win streak. Yeah, no, the competition's different though. I think Oregon probably would have won 21 straight with their schedule, but anyway, Oregon would have swept that Stillwater regional too. I don't know, maybe they they swept through that Vanderbilt regional. I'm taking Oral Robert. I, I'm not gonna overthink this. I have to take Oral Roberts just because I've been saying there's gonna be a four seed in Omaha for the first time. So I, I do <laughs> with your guns. Not for the first time, for the third time ever. So I'm sticking with Oral Roberts, but like honestly, gun to my head, I think I would take Oregon here. No, you know what? I, I think gun to my head, I would take Oral Roberts. I think their bullpen is just that good. And their lineup's good too. So enough about guns to my head. Uh, Virginia versus Duke. I'm not picking against Virginia either. They, they showed me enough. They're going to be hosting this. Duke, like good team. I think they could scare Virginia, but yeah, Virginia's not getting beat twice at home. I'm, uh, dude, wow. We are literally going pick for pick on every single one because I'm going Virginia. I don't see anybody beating them in Charlottesville right now at home. Yeah, the only um, pick we have different is I have South Carolina, you have Florida. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's yep. right. And then we'll do Stanford. Um, I'm going with Virginia as well. Okay. Stanford is most likely going to host Texas if they can finish these last six outs. Three outs. Three outs now. Um, look, dude, I, I like Texas. I think it doesn't matter where they're playing at right now. They finally have the rotation set. And like as much as I like Stanford, I, I think Texas might still be the better team here uh, when, when they're playing good. And I said it earlier in the show. I'm going to repeat myself. But when Texas stepped foot on the field against Louisiana game one, and just like the swagger, the confidence that they had, the, the quiet confidence that you see teams get, like that's an Omaha team to me. And I, I think Stanford sometimes plays around too much with fire. I think Stanford, they get down sometimes and then they just bank on hitting home runs to get back into the game. I, I think Texas's pitching staff's good enough. Give me the Longhorns. Give me Stanford, man. This that lineup. Stanford is 10-0 and in home regional. In their history of the program, they have never lost a regional, a super regional at home. Um, they're 10-0 in home super. I don't think that stops. Stanford going to Omaha. All right. So you know funny. I'm making a Stanford pick to Omaha, and they haven't finished this game yet. <laughs> well, I mean, they have a lead. If Texas A&M comes back, let's just do this. If Texas A&M comes back and wins, would that change your pick? Texas. You know, if Texas A&M comes back and wins, I might switch to Texas A&M. <laughs> really? Yeah. I Actually, I think I would. Um, I would probably go Texas if A&M wins. But either way, Stanford is my pick. And then, um, obviously, we have one more, right? Nope. That's all. LSU, Kentucky? Oh, shoot. I thought we did that one earlier. I'm sorry. I scratched it out already. LSU hosting Kentucky. Uh, I I'll take LSU. Pretty confidently. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't. I don't. I mean, Kentucky's got the mojo. They they're playing well again. They're playing really well again. Yeah, and think, they have big game I players. Think regional West Virginia and Indiana don't even compare to 
what they're going to face in LSU at the box. Yeah. So give me LSU. Look, I, this is the big reason why I didn't even mess around with Oregon State and, and our picks for last week. LSU has big game players. And it's not just Tommy White and Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens. Like Trey Morgan, big game player. Like Gavin Dugas, big game player. Uh, you know, Joe Barrett, and like all of these guys, like they, they have a, I, I don't know the right word. I don't want to say confidence again, but like they have the it factor that they would be one of the wow. best players. They would be one wow. of the best players on a lot of other teams. So I, I like LSU a lot against Kentucky. He 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 kind of kind of robbed that home run, kind of didn't, but without the wall, Stanford almost made a seven to one. But yeah, I agree. LSU, um, they have big time players, and they're about they show up in big time games. Um, Paul Skeen is going to be electric Friday night at the box. Yep. The so one more thing, I'm going to leave these these listeners on, and this is pretty funny because you know I'm I'm colorblind, red green colorblind. I don't see colors very well at all, but. I was watching that Kentucky regional, actually the game they just played against uh, Indiana. And Kentucky, you know how there's different types of blue? There's like navy blue, baby blue, Carolina blue. Like Kentucky should just rebrand to very blue. Their uniforms are very blue. The bluest I've ever seen. And that's what you got Carolina blue, baby blue, navy blue. Kentucky, very blue. (laughs) That's the only way I could put it. That, what do you that mean might... very blue? Like not navy blue, but what do you mean very It's the bluest blue I've ever seen. It makes me see the blue really well. The hats and like the lettering on their chest and those it, white it, it, jerseys. It's the Kentucky blue, big blue nation. That's why yeah. they're called big blue nation. They should be Navy very, Man. very blue nation. That's, that's what it should be called. Maybe you should say berry blue nation. Nope, not berry blue, very blue. Well, their slogan is BBN, so they should bury Blue Nation. Nope. Whatever, dude. Play on words. All right. Well, um, we'll be back. We'll, we'll pre. Wait, wait, are we gonna do another episode this week? What's the schedule like? Um, what do you, what do you mean the schedule this week? We're recording uh, Thursday, right? Yeah, we're Wednesday. Gonna, I mean. What are we gonna talk about? We just talked about super regionals. Well, I guess we made picks, but. Well, you're right. We just kind of made our picks. Um, Maybe we do ben, a little... What do you guys want to talk about on Thursday? Wednesday or Thursday? You tell us. Yeah, I mean, we got a few it. options. We could either try to get a guest on. Um, maybe you guys can request a guest that we can. Should reach we just out have to. a few guests on, honestly? Just full of guests? Yeah, or and we could do that. Or we could do like a Q&A with, with our audience. We could do like an in-depth super regional breakdown where we get real sheets and like numbers and stats and all this not, that doesn't sound unfun yeah that, that probably doesn't we should, we, get, we should have a get like a get all right we'll talk about it we'll figure this out tomorrow yeah submit your thoughts if you're a patreon member submit your thoughts in the discord or in the patreon but with all of that said huge weekend for us at 11.7 uh we got a lot of new followers and uh in i i, I always say this like not to brag about us because I felt like I was bragging back when we had like 5,000 followers. I thought that was like the coolest thing in the world. So like everything above that has just been the coolest experience for me and for you. And for us to update people on Twitter that are maybe working or maybe out um, at functions or gatherings or driving, like, and they're just checking their phones, seeing the highlights. Um, 
that's what I love to do because it just keeps college baseball top of mind for all these people. And like, sure, the offseason for college baseball can get boring for an extended period of time. That's why we go 100% sprint mode throughout the whole six months of the college baseball season. So it's sad that it's winding down, but for all of our new listeners, for all of our longtime listeners, for, for everybody in between, like we do, like we're very thankful for you guys. And, you Absolutely. know, so, sometimes we get, you know, into debates online on social media or, uh, you know, we might post it. Stay stupid shit on Twitter. Yeah. Stay. Yeah. Like that, those kind of things I think make the experience better. And at the end of the day with big social media accounts, we'll just take Twitter, for example, for the big social media accounts, like the ESPNs and the Barstools and the Fox Sports and whoever covers sports. We, we don't know who runs those accounts, but you guys as listeners, you know who runs the 11.7 account. Like there is no social media intern. It's me and Dimitri switching back and forth depending on our schedules. And I think that's what drives more interaction for us because you guys can just, you know who we are. Like we, we tell our whole life story on this podcast and you guys can interact with us directly and like know our tendencies, know our biases, uh, you know, know, you guys know what rattles us and grinds our gears. And that makes the social media experience more fun. So um, that's been something I've been wanting to say for a while. Uh, you guys are the best. I really do. I, I love you guys. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm about to lose my voice. Thank you, guys. See ya. We won a national championship for, for Ole Miss and um, all the past players and all the fans across the country and for the state of Mississippi and the University of Mississippi. Uh, we did it. Uh, we're national champs. Breaking ball. Oh, my goodness. Deep right field. A grand slam. Base hit. Arkansas. Tommy White. First pitch swinging. In the air to center. D'Onofrio back and it's gone! The legend continues! Got him swinging! The Campbell Campbells, the dynasty of the Big South. And now Tony Vitello bumps the third base umpire. Set. He'll throw that as a line drive in the gap. Did he do it again? It is another ball in the gap for Morrell. Another extra. Oh, that is gone. A home run for Brian Morrell. Swing and a ball driven. Way back. And foul. No, gone. He did it. Ortiz kept it just there and walks it off with a grand slam. Hispanic Titanic with a blast again. <laughs> Mama-